Good morning. All right, Genesis chapter 3. So in verse 1, Satan starts out with this leading question, did God really say? And I think it's a question that has the hidden message that God can't really be trusted. So I was thinking about what are the equivalents in our context? And I think we do have these kinds of leading questions in our mind often, right? Is this the only way to do ministry? Isn't this too much? Why do we have to do it this way, right? Other people or other churches don't seem to be this intense or maybe something like, okay, that may be true, but does it have to be said like that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I was thinking about how in verse two, Eve responds to um, Satan's leading question with, God said, neither shall you touch, touch it lest you die. And I thought it was interesting how we tend to attribute to God a lot of things that are not from him. Eve, she went beyond what God actually said, which is that they shall not eat of it, for when they do, they will surely die. So why is that something humans are so prone to do? You know, we make God out to be this demanding and unreasonable God who holds back good from us and demands obedience to some harsh standards or rules. And I think this still goes on today in our own relationships with God. Even though he says so many times in his word that he forgives, that he himself has paid the price for our forgiveness, we say, yeah, 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 God. And then we still try to offer up our works or acts of service or sacrifice. And then we think him not pleased with us uh, when we don't meet the standards that we have set up for ourselves, that we attribute to God's demands when, when actually he said nothing of the sort. And I was just thinking, man, what is this human propensity? Yeah, we attribute all kinds of things to God, but God's character we, that we see here is his incredible patience and graciousness, his love for man. And, uh, you know, he gives so many chances for Adam and Eve to come clean and confess what they've done. Uh, and God's really relational in this way. He's very loving. It's not that God didn't know what was going on. He just wanted to hear from the man and woman so that they could work things out. I mean, he's not interested in just meeting out punishment for punishment's sake. And it's really interesting that although God asked them what they did, um, they immediately start this whole misdirection and blaming thing. Adam blames Eve and God for creating her, and then Eve blames the devil and, you know, so on and so forth, mm -hmm. right? So how do we avoid falling for the same lie as Eve did, you know? Um, I think we have to know God's word. We have to remind ourselves, memorize it, study it, so that we are not deceived either by Satan or by our ignorance or by our own broken human propensity to attribute to God human characteristics, standards, and tendencies. So God does not demand that we earn his favor or that we make up for our failures or that we earn our keep. You know, And when we think of God in this way, rather than correcting our wrong views daily through uh, God's word, then we really do become ripe for prey, for Satan's schemes, um, and we will be led to disobey. And so like in verse 5, Satan lies to Eve that uh, if she eats of it, she will be like God, knowing good mm -hmm. and evil. And I, I think that we believe this very same lie every day when we dethrone God as the Lord of our life and we take control to do what we think is best, to do what pleases us, or to do things our way rather than God's way. And But there's uh, just something about knowing good and evil that I think isn't enough, right? Now, like Eve, we know good and evil, but there's the difference from actually doing the good rather than the evil. If Even if we know, it doesn't make us wise and it doesn't make us like God because we end up doing the evil as described in Romans 7 rather than the good. You know, Satan lied to Eve that knowing good and evil would make her like God, 
but it's not the knowing, but it's the doing that makes God who He is. And Eve learned the hard way that knowing doesn't give her the ability to do good. And she and Adam hid because of their shame and their insecurity. And they hid themselves with fig leaves that caused them more insecurity because these fig leaves were inadequate to cover all their shame. Yeah, you know, actually there's grace there in creating a more durable, more suitable set of clothes. Fig, I mean, because fig leaves were not going to last very long and God knew that. He creates clothes from animal skins, and in some ways, it's the first sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It's done by God, uh, and He's the one to make that sacrifice in order to provide for man's nakedness, his shortcoming, his sin, which is a foreshadowing of what's going to take place on the cross. Mm -hmm. But um, going back to God's patience and grace, I mean, there's so many places that we see that, right? In verse 9, He asks, where are you? And this is a question that God's been asking since the very beginning and continues to ask to this very day. Again, you know, God being all-knowing, it's not a question he asks for himself. He's really true to his character, and it's a question intended for our benefit. You know, and, and so having said that, on the receiving end, you know, I sh I, we really should, shouldn't see God as some inquisitor to, you know, out to get us in some way, but as the supremely relational, loving being whose desires to connect and relate to his creation, namely you and me. In another instance, verse 11, he asks, who told you, right? Um, the question here, I think this is a statement. You know, he's God saying, I didn't tell you. Where are you getting this information that you're naked? You know, I think there's a lesson to be learned here that there are a lot of things that the world tells us, but it ultimately boils down to this very thing. We are naked. We we are lacking. And that's not what God says. God calls us. He, he calls us beloved. He calls us his children. He calls us his heirs. He calls us many things. But what he doesn't say is that we're naked. That's from the devil. These are words of accusation telling us that, uh, that we're somehow wanting and in need. And, and so, you know, one way to apply that is the, the moment that I disobey, the uh, moment there's enmity and mistrust of God, you know, that's when I, I, that's when I start to see my nakedness, my shortcomings, my inadequacies. And this got me thinking that, I, you know, the, the times that I'm acutely aware of my inadequacies is actually when I'm not right with God. And there's insecurity in a sense that I have to do whatever it takes to prove myself. And that also isn't from God. Mm -hmm. um, just going along the same lines, verse 13, God asks, what is it exactly that you have? What is it that you have done? Um, the terrifying answer to that is I've sinned against you. I've usurped your authority over me and I've done the unspeakable thing. I've committed cosmic treason. Mm -hmm. But in this question is also grace. It's not accusation that says, you've sinned against me, you've offended me, now you have to be punished. No, it's a chance to come clean and express a desire to reconcile with God. Mm -hmm. And according to what Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 15, maybe all they needed to do was just to come clean and tell God the truth. But sin does this thing and begets more sin and it multiplies. And in this case, it, you know, it's, it's misdirection, you know, as I was talking about earlier, trying to change the subject and blaming someone else for, you know, your own sin. And lastly, I just wanted to talk about verse 22 because God prevents man from reaching out and taking from the tree of life. I think about how horrible it would have been for man to have to actually endure an eternity of sinful existence. Mm -hmm. I mean, in short, this is a description of hell. And when God realizes that he promptly takes action and kicks man out of the garden so that he now faces the mercy really that is death. And um, the irony is that while we protest that we've been denied paradise, what God is actually doing is to save us from hell. Mm -hmm. And we see that being played out in so many different ways, right? Just that we might not know it at the time. You know, we protest that we're being denied everything from, you know, a person that we like or success or fortune or comfort or convenience. I mean, we protest so many things, but what might actually be happening 
is that guardrails are being placed and boundaries being put up for our, our own thriving. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just I was really yeah, just really thankful to be reminded of God's grace today. Mm-hmm. Okay, have a good day. Yep. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Or hear you tomorrow. <laughs> hear us tomorrow. All right. Okay, bye. bye. Now. <laughs>